My grandma racist, but I'ma just okay. I'ma y'all help me decide. Okay? Like I'm attracted to such bad people. Like I should be a detective. Are you guys cool with me hating on a 12 year old? Does this like like he's 100% a Nazi? And then I realized, am I the warm up comic at my mother's intervention? Hello, handsomes, and welcome to Personally Speaking. It is August. Donald Trump is somehow still president, and my crush and I are doing well. I started going to the gym. I being Christiana Morganroth, your host. Um, I never want to work out with a partner. Uh, Personal trainers always want to remind me that's not about where anyone else is, but where you are compared to you yesterday. All I personally care about is whether I'm beating the person next to me on the treadmill. And I'm competitive, so sue me. Uh, So much has happened. Uh, Not really in a good way on the last time since we spoke. Not sure that focusing our efforts on critiquing Tina Fey's satire is super helpful. Let's maybe focus more of our efforts on listening to and giving a platform to other voices, voices of color... Maybe if you're exhausted with pain, seek out other joy, other comedy. Know that we got this. In the words of Chelsea Manning, we got this. Thank you guys so much for waiting for this episode to come out. Um, I tried really hard to recover the howl. Uh, Half of this show, as you guys remember, uh, may remember Eric Zulager uh, did our show in the past, and he joins us again. Uh, however, the Howl sci-fi hip-hop show that we are going to bring you this month, that half of the show, somehow between intermission and the end of the show, the recording just got completely screwed over. And trust me, I tried. I even asked if we could maybe find some old recordings of the show that I could bring you guys to really show you the spirit of collaboration that went on. It was truly insane. I was blown away by their work. Um, and if ever I get the chance to bring you the sci-fi hip-hop glory duo that is Eric Zuleger and Devin Simonson, we will. I promise you, we'll do it. And yes, the Dave that I mention in this show is the very same Dave that we hear about in Volume 15, both from Eric Zuleger and Kevin Yee. Tonight you'll hear from Hannah Michaels, or I guess this morning, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, she talks about sword guys and Star Trek, some topics of interest for all of us. Uh, she's really excellent, honestly. The more I hear from her, the more I love her. She's a s- smart, smart lady. We're next going to hear from Alexis Miranda, who's currently working on a documentary. And lastly, we'll hear from show favorite, Danny Adelise, whose stepbrother turns out to be a Nazi in training. And I think she is doing an adequate job of aggressing, aggressively responding to him. So uh, I am, as ever, your host, Christiana Morganroth. You have any questions for me, you shoot them on over to personallyspeakingshow at gmail.com. And here we go. Hello, handsome people, and welcome to another edition of the show called Personally Speaking. Yes. Oh, yes. I like that. I don't even have to get excited yet. Um, In this 
very special episode. We are teaming up with some good friend of ours, good friends of ours, just one, just one friend, uh, good friends of ours. Put your hands together for the lovely and talented Eric Zulager and Devin Simonson. Thank you very much. Put it together for Dave. Dave, thank you. Ain't gonna forget you. Uh, these boys have helped put together a show called Howl, which is not only sci-fi, a sci-fi show, which is an actual thing that they can put and create in this world, but also a hip-hop show, which is extremely dope, if you don't mind my saying so, and I don't. Um, it's, it's hot, but I'm gonna take my hair down. I'm gonna let you guys know about my, my not-so-secret identity. Um. <laughs> Who is she? Um. So what we're doing here, first of all, put your hands together if you've never been to this show before. Yes, new faces, new faces. I'm glad that we all agreed to do like attractive people only tonight. So thank you guys for adhering. I appreciate it. Uh, Put your hands together if you fear the possible threat of nuclear war. Yes, yes, yes. Put your hands together if you're currently like Amazon priming iodine pills because they reduce possibility of radiation poisoning. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. Seaweed also has anti-radiation properties. Um, be smart. Uh, guys, put your hands together one last time. If you have been to this show before, personally speaking, put your hands together, handsomes. Uh, we do a lot of fun things here. Mostly I shit on white men and people laugh like they think I'm kidding. So I'll take the applause for that. Um, but mostly we have a good time. We bring friends together. They tell true stories. They do stand up. They joke about their pain and we all get through it. We all get through an, an apocalypse of some part, some, some kind, just about every single month, which is a feat. Um, I am kind of, I'm genuinely kind of fascinated at this point. Like, like everybody is genuinely panicking about nuclear war as a serious threat, but like Donald Trump and King John are like, like the biggest symbols we have of non-power at this point right now and everybody's really freaking out i think because they think they're just gonna fuck up not because they're genuinely going to like do something that has consequences deliberately but because trump is just gonna like knock a drink over onto nuclear codes or something like that they're just going to like appear in lemon ink i don't know and uh i don't know at this point i'm more i'm more scared that somebody's just going to like trip onto a big red button than anything, that, than there, that there's going to be an actual plan carried out. But we'll see, or we won't, or we won't. Um, there aren't any basements in California, so start driving. Midwesterners are like, we'll be fine. We'll just all get down in the basement. We'll watch another episode of Parks and Rec, and it'll all be good. Just start marathoning something somewhere in Chicago in a basement. We'll all come out fine. Um... Content. Well, that assumes that content will still be around. What if, what if nuclear war wipes out our content, guys? The fuck are we going to do? Okay, we got to work on this right now. I want some solutions. No, we won't find solutions. Um, I'd much rather, in terms of, uh, you know, the, like the romantic threat of nuclear war, think about things like my crush. Uh, that helps me. Does anybody here have a crush? Raise your hand. I like it. A woo, a raise hand, a raise hand, raise hand. I like it. Miss, tell me one thing that you like about your crush. That he doesn't give a fuck. That's why I like 
None of, you know, none of my crushes give a fuck either about me. It hurts. Um, no, I actually had a big success this week. I'm uh, flipping my hair about it. I don't know what I did. I don't know if I like changed my perfume or whatever, or just like said like I fucking hate you one one too many times. I think the third time was the charm. My crush came over this week, bought me pizza, and did my dishes. And then made me come like four times. It's great. So, crush. Sorry, but your crush is great. But I don't know. I don't know. Are you guys at the stage where your crush is like doing your dishes and buying your pizza and making you come? Not at all. Not. Get there. Nah, girl. He got a baby on the way. That's why. He got a baby on the way. That's why. Steal the baby. Imprint the child and become a cougar. That's your new crush. Teach that baby to wash your dishes. Um, I, that's just genuinely wild to me. So that's where I'm at, guys. We have um, three terrific performers for you, and then we're going to do some sci-fi. So tonight we're putting on the table like a bunch of different things, and all of them are things I like very much. We've got some stand-ups, some storytelling, some sci-fi, surprise musical guests to the best of my knowledge. Alliteration is my favorite of all things, um, even more than like reciprocal love. So we're definitely going to get in some good S's tonight. Uh, the first, first performer coming to the stage, first comedian, uh, you know her, you love her. She's co-producing, co-producing the Hard Times show at Nerd Melt on Sunday the 20th. Put your hands together for Hannah Michaels. Uh, that's the coordination that makes me a comic right now. You guys, I was on the phone with my mom yesterday, and um, I, was, uh, I was telling her, you know, Mom, I think I'm attracted to narcissists. And she goes, sweetie, every woman in our family is attracted to narcissists. I'm just proud you're taking after me. Have you met your grandpa? You're fine. It's um, like, I'm attracted to such bad people, like I should be a detective. It's great. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be the best detective. I'd be pretty good. Like, I don't know who the Zodiac Killer is. I just know I've had sex with him. Uh, People debate over how to prevent school shootings, and I'm like, I'm right here. Definitely prevented at least a few. That was a really dark way to start my set. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, we're just having a fun time. Um, I grew up here, um, and my parents are like therapists out here, um, and they treat a lot of industry people, and I'm not allowed to know who they treat, but sometimes I find out. I'm not allowed to tell you guys, but let's just say that my dad's most famous patient was one of the actors in the Naked Gun movies who killed Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like dad's patient's name is something you might enjoy in the morning, but not if you're his ex-wife and he caught you fucking Ron Goldman. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you, dude. I am 100% for, I'm 100% convinced Mel Gibson has some shit in his closet. I'm not even attracted to him and I know that. 
Oh, God. Um, I was recently at, like, a dual Jewish horror event. Um, it was uh, the worst thing to ever happen to Jews is my cousin's Orthodox wedding. I'm 100% convinced of that. Um, it was an Orthodox wedding and uh, Yom Kippur, which is when we starve ourselves and obsess over past mistakes because we're not stereotypes. Um, <laughs> By the way, I don't celebrate Yom Kippur because when I was on amphetamines, I was Yom Kippuring like all the time. <laughs> it was the best. Uh, but it was my cousin's wedding, and um, uh, m like my other cousin who had also just had an Orthodox wedding because they're they want to die. I don't know. They want to they want to destroy their lives. It's fine. It's totally fine. But when I like went into like hug him and congratulate him on his mistake and stuff um, he pushes me aside and he goes I am observing the tradition where I don't touch women yeah I was like oh I thought you observed the tradition where you love your family boom guilt tripped <laughs> who's King Jew now bitch I know that joke's dumb. I, I can't stop saying who's King Jew, bitch. Uh, there's this little girl at the wedding, and she was, like, the cutest. She was so adorable and sheltered. Um, she goes up to me, and she's like, Why is your hair like a flower? It was so sweet. It was so cute. And I said, Because I painted it that way. And she goes, Why? And I said, Because I felt like it. And I saw her world open up in that moment. <laughs> I could feel her mother's hatred within me. It was beautiful. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, uh, can we talk about sword guys for a second? Some of you look confused. That's fine. It's not something we talk about in our culture. It's, I, the most blatant example of sexism, I think, is that we talk about cat ladies, but not sword guys. You know, it, it takes, you need to get like three or four cats to be a cat lady. You put one katana on your wall and that is you forever. <laughs> Sword guys are a real thing. I have had sex with all of them. <laughs> I've had sex with so many dudes who keep like daggers under their pillows for protection, but don't have condoms. Oh, it's great. I think the best thing about sword guys is uh, it's not um, that they have a bunch of weapons in their house, but that they had to watch QVC to get them. <laughs> this is definitely the scariest thing about these dudes. Um, and here's the thing. Like, it's fine that this happened. It's fine that this is where I am now, sort of. Uh, but I didn't, like seek out to fuck a bunch of sword guys. That wasn't a life goal. I figured out what happened, though. Once you fuck one sword guy, it sets off like a beacon, and all other sword guys start seeing you as an option. <laughs> I know the exact moment it happened. I walked into my ex's house. I saw a cane sword. I saw a Freddy glove. I saw all of these weapons. <laughs> Only basement in California, by the way. Yeah. I saw all of these weapons... And instead of turning around and walking away, I go, is that a Klingon Batleth? And that was the cry I heard <laughs> from around the world from every sword guy. Uh, 
Recently, I hooked up with a dude who heard that joke, and um, what uh, what happened? You know, he was he was being cute about it. He's like, "Hey, I don't have any swords, haha!" And then afterwards, he showed me a piece of Sharon Tate's fireplace. <laughs> you know Sharon Tate from Charles Manson killing her. Ah. <laughs> uh. Another time, uh, I hooked up with a guy who had a tower of skulls, but it's fine. They were from, yeah, it's fine. They were from sketches. He was a comedy writer. It's, I wish he was just a murderer. Uh. God. Uh, I mentioned uh, Klingons there. I really like Star Trek, The Next Generation. Um, it's great. Uh, I, I used to have a problem, though, with the, the storyline where... Um, Data has sex because he has no emotions. And then I realized, oh, that's literally every human being I've ever fucked. I'm fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Oh, God. Have I already gotten too dark with you guys, or can I get into, like, some real... <laughs> I can get into some real shit? All right, all right. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I want to tell my rapist that sex with you is as voluntary as my Google Plus account. I feel like for a San Francisco white guy, like, that's the most biting way I can say it. Get people where they can relate. The hardships they understand. Uh, but it's fine. I'm fine. It's been many years. Um, I still sometimes have, like, bad thoughts when I'm walking alone at night. And I used to think that those thoughts were useless. And then I realized those thoughts are somebody's job. The writers of SVU have to think like that every fucking week. <laughs> Have you guys seen how long that show has been on the air? They need me. By the time I get to my car after this, I'll have five new plot lines. Like, I imagine a writer's room meeting, and it's always just the head writer being like, okay, people, I know we're tired, and we're hungry, and we want to get to our families, but we need to think of five more ways to rape someone by five o'clock. Janice, I am still waiting on your list of fruits to put in orifices. Remember, banana is hack, eggplant is new hack. I have an Instagram, Janice. It's, I, I, I actually really like watching SVU. I don't know why. Um, I, I love, um, love uh, Ice-T's character on it because I'm not going to do an impression because I'm a white lady. Um, <laughs> because he's, he's always like... Hey, I'm going to go meet up with my gay son. He appears in my life whenever he has gay problems. <laughs> Time to have some family bonding for some gay exposition. It's great. It's uh, fine. I'm still working on that one. Uh, God. Um, I, I was flipping through. I just moved, and um, my new roommate has, like, real cable and not the awful shit that I've been using, and it's great. I was flipping through the, um, the TV Guide channel, and I saw a show called Fat Guys in the Woods. And uh, for like a split second, I thought they just gave Finding Bigfoot a more honest title. Um, I actually tweeted that, and a male comic tweeted back at me, I was on that show. I killed a rabbit. Which is not the creepiest thing a male comic has ever tweeted at me by far. Um, the creepiest thing was when I was reading about Greek mythology, and I was like, 
hey, in Greek mythology, women are either hags or temptresses, but a dude could totally fuck some swans. And um, a bunch of men tweeted back at me, no, it's okay, Zeus was a swan too at the time. You guys, that is like my favorite version of, hey, lady, I had a sip of beer too, I'm not liable. Uh, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to tell you about this, uh, this asshole in my improv class, which I know that's how every LA story starts. I know. Um, he told me that I should like write and perform a bunch of cheers to seem more confident and comfortable on stage. Thank you. Thank you for that. That does not exist. That is not an improv technique. That is not, that's not part of the Herald method. Um, so I thought maybe if I uh, write a cheer for each of my body parts at a time, that might work. So the first body part cheer I wrote was for my central nervous system. And it goes like this. Fight or flight, fight or flight, lots of fucking fight or flight. Barf! The second body part cheer goes, come on, right side, come on, right side, catch up fast. That was for my boobs. <laughs> the last body part cheer I wrote was for my brain, and it goes, come on, left side, catch up fast. Nobody fucking understands you. Thank you guys. Keep it going for Hannah, folks. Hannah Michaels. Oh my sweet Jesus. Like I said, she's co-producing at the Nerd Melt on Sunday the 20th. Um, like I also said, my crush did my dishes. It was dope. Um, and maybe come four times. Um, four, thank you. Um, that was really, honestly, like a credit to me more than to him. But um, anyway, I hold up, guys. Ready for this? I got a raise at work. I got a raise at work. I now make seventy-eight cents on the dollar to my male counterparts. So suck on that. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna transition right into something dark because it's been on my mind lately. Really, real, real <laughs> realized recently. Um, I was like exploring some um, hashtag after dark memories and um, my, my mother is a recovered alcoholic. She is one of the bravest human beings I've ever met in my entire life and anybody who tries that bullshit of like addiction isn't a disease, it's a weakness. I'm like, oh, you're the weak one, that's fine. Uh, mental weakness is real. So, uh, so anyways... I was thinking about the fact that my mom has gone to rehab, but not once, not twice, not three times, five times. It took that many times to make it stick. I'm like, I've been in comedy for like maybe two years and I'm kind of ready to give up. I'm like, it's hard. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but I do want to and I do gotta. So, um, my, unlike my mom's last rehab visit, her last, we threw a lot of interventions for my mom. 
Um, it was it was like a very like it was a very sad party. So it was this one we had, and and she had this um, this addiction specialist who was like kind of a celebrity in that world. He um, he helped get a lot of big names clean, and so he was like the guy. He was like like um, an ancient New York Jew. He always had a bowler hat on and like a cigar in his mouth, even like in our home. <laughs> it wasn't lit when it was in our home, but he like always had it there. I was like, okay, everybody has their thing, and so um, he would he would always speak very frankly. And I was just totally enchanted by that. I thought it was like, I was like, this guy is so cool. He's helping my mom. And so my dad, who was like understandably quite fragile at that point and point in his life, um, was, was asking for his help on how to kind of, what's the run of show for the intervention. And, um, and eventually this, this coach was like, okay, so here's how we're going to do it. Um, Christiana, you're going to start. That's me. Um, Rob, that's my dad, like, you're going to give your testimony kind of in the middle, like, after she comes in. And then to bring it on home, Thomas, my younger brother. And then I realized, am I the fucking warm-up comic at my mother's intervention? (laughs) I'm not even the headliner? At my mother's intervention? Are you kidding me? So I was um, pretty bummed. As a result, I now headline all my own shows. Thanks very much. Coming up next to the stage, guys. Uh, you know her, you love her. She is a very new friend of mine, but she's going to own your heart in just a moment. Put your hands together for Alexis Miranda. I did not know I was going now. Oh, shoot. Hey, y'all. Good evening. Yeah, okay, I'll improvise. First show, first show. Yeah, life is funny. Life is real funny. I'm just trying to figure out why my vagina hair grows so fast. No, for real. Like, I shaved my head in 2008, and I promise it's this has grown this much since 2008. Meanwhile, I have to, like, def- deforest my vagina every two weeks. And it costs, like, like a damn car note. Like, it's so expensive to deforest your vagina. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I? Oh, so Bay can see his way through clearly. Oh, yeah. That's why I do that. Yeah. So, um, let me see. Y'all said we can tell a story or we can do comedy. Uh, goodness. Uh, okay, you know what? Let's talk about my Nana. Y'all. So, my dad's mom, my Nana, my grandma, she's a Portuguese European woman. Hence the last name Miranda. So she, oh my God, this lady. I don't want to call my grandma racist. But I'ma just, okay, I'ma, y'all let, y'all help me decide, okay? <laughs> like, okay, so... <laughs> when I was little, right, she used to, you know how your parents try to make you feel good about, like, getting picked on at school? So, like, I used to come home and I'd be like, I'd be like, Nana, the kids at school said I have a big head. And so she'd be like, Corby, you tell them that your head is big because you got a big brain and you're smart. You go tell those kids you're smart. And I'd be like, you know, I'll go, whatever. 
And then I, one time I came home and I was like, Nana, they said I got puffy hair and it looks like I got electrocuted. Like I stuck my finger in a socket and got electrocuted. And she said, she would tell me stuff like, well, Corby, you go, you go back and you tell those kids that you're electrifying. You are, your personality is electrifying. That's what you tell those kids. So one time I went home and I was like, Nana, Joey at school called me Blackie. And she just like, she was shook and she just looked at me and she goes, Corby, you tell them your father's in the NBA. <laughs> I don't know what y'all think about that. Like, for real, that's a true story. I didn't know I was like eight. And I was like, all right, you know. So I didn't really know what to think about that. But anyway, okay, so fast forward, I'm older. Every time I go up to Boston to visit her, like her and my great aunts, they're always in the living room, like drinking tea and shit, doing what old, old white women do in Boston. I don't know. So I go up there, and every time I come up, they say, they go, oh, Corby, you're so beautiful. Who's the lucky guy? Who you dating? And so at the time, I was dating this black dude, and I was like, okay, let me pull out, like, the best picture I have of the guy I'm dating. So I pulled up a picture of the dude in my phone. It was, like, him smiling, like, in a suit, you know, in front of a courthouse. So I sent it around the room. <laughs> you cracking up already. <laughs> So I sent it around the room, and I'm like, yeah, come on, come on. And it gets to my nana, and she looks at it, and she goes, um, lucky. And I was like, lucky? Yeah, I got a catch. Yeah. And she's like, no, Corby, him. What did he get acquitted for? I was like, nana, that dude, he's a lawyer, but okay. What did he get acquitted? Okay. Well, Corby, you know, you got to watch out for even these guys, because it's guys like him that got that OJ acquitted. Guys like this guy. You can't trust him. I was, I said, okay, you know what? Well, Johnny Cochran got OJ off. I give you that. Whatever. Whatever. Y'all think she's racist or not or no? Nah? Racist or no? Nah? No? Nah? No? Nah? Okay. So we still got a no. Nah. So okay. So top of this year, right? I'm dating a white dude. He got a little recurring on a little TV show. So I'm like, oh, can't wait to go to Boston and show off my white boy. And he's famous. Yes. And so, like, I get up there, and they're like, oh, Corby, oh, you're so beautiful. Who you dating? Who's a, you still dating O.J. Simpson? <laughs> Whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know. I was like, let me Google my dude right now. I can Google him. So I send it around the room, and they're all, like, all my great aunts. Like, oh, my, oh, yes, oh, oh. <laughs> it gets to my nana. And my nana looks at it, and she goes, oh, Corby, you don't have to say nothing about this one. Oh, he looks like such a gentle soul. Donna, look at those blue eyes. And I was like, wait, Jeff don't have blue eyes? Nana, give me the phone. And y'all, I Googled the wrong damn Jeff. Like, I, bitch, this is Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Nana, you just said motherfucking Jeffrey Dahmer is a gentle soul. Get the fuck out of here. That's a true story. She really said that shit. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. That's kind of halfway true. Like that's kind of halfway true. So this is a mix between comedy and telling stories. No, that's that's um. It didn't quite happen that way, but it kind of did. Um, let's see, y'all. I ain't been on stage in a minute. Okay, let me let me. Because I've been, I've been producing a movie about mass incarceration, which is completely 
you know, comedies over here and what I'm doing now is like all the way over there. And I'm like, whoo, I'm glad to be back on stage and having fun. Um, so the other day my dream came true and this is not a part of a set. My dreams came true. I got to, I got to, I got to be a white woman for like three hours on paper, on paper. I was like, Oh shit. No, seriously. No. Okay. So I'm producing a movie. My pockets are kind of tight. So I'm taking these random jobs, like these survey jobs, or they're not like, like not surveys, but you gotta go like screen trailer. You go to well, you go and what 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 am I trying to say? You watch trailers, like teasers for movies, and you give them feedback. So the lady called me. She's like, "Yeah, you wanna work? You wanna work and make like 80 bucks?" And I'm like, "Yeah, cool. For three hours straight, sign me up." And she's like, "Yeah, but they need a Caucasian woman." And I was like, well, you know, I sent you my picture. You know, I ain't Caucasian. Like, you know, I could do black, maybe like Dominican or some shit, but nah. And she said, there's this new thing that I, I don't know if it's like the Trump era and like white people overcorrecting right now. I don't know what it is. But she said that they're doing this thing like if you're mixed, if you're multiracial now, and like you're black and white, you can choose the white side now. And I was like, what? I was like, this say what? I was like, yes, I will be a white woman. It was the weirdest shit. And I was like, they're gonna look at me crazy when I go in here and be like, I'm Alexis Miranda, Caucasian check. Like, and she was like, no, it's good. Like, it's good. I was like, all right. I walked up in there, I was like, looking for like the privileged chair and like the privileged snacks. I was like, what are we doing? What comes with this? Oh, nothing, nothing. Oh, nothing, for real? This shit. Anyway, okay, that's all I got for y'all. This was, yeah, this was great, this was fun. Thank you. you keep it going keep it going for alexis miranda folks alexis miranda can you tell us what is the name of the film you're producing it's named after my cousin that's o-r-e-n keep an eye out for oren thank you folks absolutely uh, for anyone who doesn't know uh, what this show is or what we're doing or why I'm crying, um, we have three rules to this t to this show. We usually do it at a place called the Open Space in Fairfax, where there is also no parking. And um, and basically, the three rules: number one, we always say just like keep it under ten minutes. Um, this is my show, okay? My show. So uh, keep it under ten minutes. Keep it more than five minutes so that I have time to think of what to say next. Uh, and then the second rule we say is it has to be true, but only to the best of your perspective, to the best of your memory. So give the people who get up on stage the benefit of the doubt that their heroes can be your heroes and their villains can be your villains. Um, and finally, most importantly, um, be funny. Keep it funny. We're not, uh, we're not the moth. So if we're funny, it's, um, it's, it's on purpose. If we're moving people, it's incidental. Um, I recently decided to um, treat myself, which doesn't work because you can't shorten my, but uh, treat myself to a massage, and I went to the now, because I was tired of living in the past, uh, I guess, uh, and I have no future, so I have to go to the now. So the now is this super, super, super bougie massage place, 
And every time I passed it, I was just like, fuck this place. Like, there's crystals in the window. I'm like, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, they're pretty, but, like, how are they convincing, like, educated, educated people that, like, this is going to change your life? At the same time, I'm like, I want crystals that'll change my life. And so I want to believe in it, but I don't. But I was like, okay, starting to read reviews. I yelped it. I yelped it. And all the reviews are saying that they're just wildly varying. Like, some of them are like, my reviewer wanted to make me believe in marriage again. Um, I felt comfortable, like my soul was uplifted, uh, or my, my masseuse. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy was on his phone while he was massaging my leg. <laughs> they are wildly across the spectrum. And so what all of the reviews seem to agree on was that you book with this one guy whose actual name is Matthew Perry. Um, he'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, so anyway, I'm like, okay, I'll do this if I can book with Matthew Perry. Um, how much, how much more massage could I get? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, great. So I was, I, everybody was talking it up like he was an angel. So I was expecting like a very experienced, like older guy, like a guy who just like cracks his knuckles at the beginning. And it's like, I got you, baby. Don't you worry. And then I get there, stare at the $40 crystals and $60 candles for a while and just, like, take a free mint, sit down for, like, a good 10, 15 minutes. I was like, I arrived 15 minutes early, a first for me, and was made to wait 15 minutes. And then Matthew Perry is presented to me, and he's fine as fuck. (laughs) I was immediately uncomfortable because... I don't want to be attracted to someone who's about to get me naked on a table. Like, I, I was just so horrified. I was like, he's young. He's beautiful. He has, he has like this, this kind of, he's got this like dark skin and bright eyes combo. I was like, this is not, I was like, this isn't good. I gotta, I gotta leave here. Just pay in full, pay in full. It's fine. I'm uncomfortable with sex. Let's not do this. That's okay. Um, and so he's like, are you ready? And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever you say, Matthew. And so he leads me into what I can only describe as like an Indiana Jones temple of massage. There's just like, there are like old rocks hanging from the wall, all the lighting, like all the lighting is maybe about 25% what we're experiencing right now, this level of light. It's all really warm. Again, more crystals. And then like all the rooms are covered only in like bamboo hangings so you can hear everything which was nothing it was dead silent except for the sounds like the occasional shuffle which to me says that there were a lot of people in that room that were in straight ecstasy that were dying to not make a sound they're like don't don't do it if i'm gonna be the one weird person who's like that guy at the gym was like like lifting like 10 pound weights. They all didn't want to be that guy. And I was like, okay, I already know this is going to be good because everyone is stifling their pleasure. And I was right. <laughs> uh, so I, Matthew Perry, he's like, hey, just like take your clothes off. I'll be back in five minutes. I was like, you don't have to leave, Matthew. <laughs> um, so I hang my clothes up on a golden hanger. Uh, like, piece of shit. And, uh, and he comes back, and then I shit you not, he leans down, gets right next to my ear, and says in the most gentle voice, he's like, are you ready to begin? And I just nodded. I was just like, mm-hmm, go ahead, Matthew, anytime. 
And I had brought in earplugs with me because they were playing the sound of ocean waves over like the whole entire arena, which is the correct word for that place. So, because you're doing battle with yourself, Will. And so everyone in there is just like lying down. And, I, and then I, I had the, the earplugs next to me and I realized as soon as I heard Matthew's voice, I was not going to need the earplugs. And so he's like, hey, did you want these? And I was like, no, Matthew, <laughs> you can talk to me. And so the whole time though, I swear to God, it was as if he made love to me without ever once getting up in here. And I'm, I'm a self-identified cum queen. So <laughs> I found it like half the massage was deeply, deeply relaxing. It was like the best massage I'd ever gotten. I was genuinely like floored. I was like, this guy's so good. Half of me was just trying not to come. <laughs> like, please don't. It's just loving touch for capitalist exchange. <laughs> this is a good or service I am receiving because I paid you. I understand now that like men can perform emotional labor for pay, and I respect it. So um, the story of Matthew, I think, I think he was deeply freaked out <laughs> because at the end of the massage, he was like, so how was that? And I said, absolutely perfect. And then his face like just completely like, oh, he's like, oh, thank God. like he finally, he finally let like realized, okay, thank God. I didn't make her come, but I got close. I think that kind of registered in his mind that I wasn't freaking her out, but I was freaking her out a little. So anyway, anyway that's been my experience of gentle self-care, basic self-care, folks. Um, the last performer we're bringing to the stage before we move into the sci-fi and hip-hop part of the show is not only a good friend of mine, but also a fan favorite who will be followed by another fan favorite. So please put your hands together for the girl with a psychic sister, Danny Adelise. Turns out both of my sisters are psychic. I was on the phone with my other sister today, and she was like, you look weird. There's something weird about you. And I was like, really, bitch? Like, what's weird about me? And she's like, no, it's like, are you, I don't want, I don't want to say it. And I'm like, say it. Like, I'm like, I'm fucking insecure. I'm like, say this shit. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, tell me, because I obviously don't know. And she's like, no, it's, are you high? Like, what is that? I was like, no, I'm not high. I haven't smoked in a whole entire day. <laughs> I'm so sober. Um, but it turns out that this is just a segue into what I'm going to talk to you about. And it's basically the, the discovery of realizing that my dad's a fuck boy. It's actually really hard for me, guys. <laughs> like, I idolize my dad. Um, I don't know if it's because it's something that comes, like, naturally from, like, within me or if it's because he's a narcissist and he's, like, made me believe that he is, like, the greatest guy in the whole wide world. And then, like, Trump is, like, also, like, I'm the greatest guy in the whole wide world. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're both white. They both think they're great. Um, <laughs> ah. So, um... Yeah, uh, I recently just went on an all-expenses-paid trip to Europe, funded by my dad, which is super great. Give it up for Pete, everybody. So we went to London, we went to Venice, he let me bring along my boyfriend, like, also all-expenses-paid, you got hooked up, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> 
we went to Venice, we went to Rome, we went to Florence, and then we went to Barcelona. It was exhausting. Um, but it was like a lot of fun. And then he also brought along his wife that's 22 years younger than him and her two kids and her much younger sister. And uh, that was cool because we were able to like do our own thing and like, you know, fuck off. And then if my dad's like, you guys want to eat? We were like, yeah, we want free dinner. So then we hang out with because <laughs> shit's expensive. Um, so yeah, just like spending that time with him was like, really unique and interesting and like I'm gonna get a little mothy on you guys this isn't like as funny there might be some funny in it but um this is more of like a vent so you're welcome uh (laughs) I'm 27 so I finally hit like this like quarter life existential crisis anybody had that give it up for that give it up for that fuck like, I'm, like, in that place where I'm, like, li- really, like, being alive and dead is, like, the same thing, you know? So, like, why does it fucking matter? Like, there is no God, so it's, like, I can just do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I guess it's all cool. And then my boyfriend's, like, hi. <laughs> I'm here. Let me rub your back and talk you out of killing yourself. I was, like, no, I don't want to kill myself. That's a lot of work. But, like, I mean, if I died. <laughs> if I died, it'd be cool. Like, it'd be fine. I wouldn't be that upset about it because it doesn't fucking matter. Because we're all going to be nothing anyways, and God's dead. (sighs) Just, like, thinking about it is, like, so hard. I also shroomed recently, which was great. It was, like, the best thing that's ever happened to me. I almost want to talk about that, but I only have ten fucking minutes. And that was, like, that's, like, just an hour's worth of content that would just, I'd love to relive. Like, who else wants to relive their shrooms trip? Everybody. Everyone. Everyone does. Unless you had a bad one. And if you had a bad one, then sorry. I was on a good one. Um, So we're on this trip, right? I'm on this all-expenses-paid trip, and I'm fucking miserable because I'm a monster. And (laughs) and I'm with, like, my fucking wonderful boyfriend that I didn't hate throughout the entire trip. I was really expecting to hate him. I was like, I'm going to hate him. I'm, like, with him, like, 24 hours a day for fucking two weeks. Like, we're going to be in the same spot. Like, he kept hopping into the shower when I was in the shower, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) But I, I liked it. I was, like, mad if he didn't. And <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Why are you pooping? Come in here. Uh, <laughs> I miss you. Uh, <laughs> but through all that, like, and through sitting down to dinners, like, I was, like, sitting there and talking to my dad. And then I remembered that I have this, like, really evil stepbrother. He's evil, guys. He's 12 years old. His name is Brendan Tran. You guys, I've never been so fucked up over a 12-year-old in my life. Like, over anyone, really. Like, my mom's a fucking psycho bitch and, like, will ruin me. Like, fucking, like, abused me. Like, terrible shit. Like, this woman threw me through a window, guys. Like, nothing phases me. But this 12-year-old really did a number on me this trip. Like, I could not enjoy my all-expenses-paid trip and my existential crisis. Just, like, I couldn't do that in peace. Like, he just had to be there. And he's such a fucking piece of shit. Like, and, like, are you guys cool with me hating on a 12-year-old? Does this, like... Because fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. Also, like, I'm not sure if, like, all this is his fault, but he's definitely a Nazi. Like, he's 100% a Nazi. He, like, follows, like, these Nazi sites, and he's, like, always talking about rape and, like, smiling. He has, like, this really dumb fucking smile with his dumb fucking braces. 
his dumb fucking haircut. And he's always like with his mom. He's like, hi, mommy. And he actually talks like that. He's 12. He's 12. And he'll go up to his mom. And his mom like doesn't give a shit about him because all she cares about is money. And so she's just like, oh, yeah, knock it off. Uh, like she doesn't give a fuck. And like he just hates being Vietnamese, which is like really sad actually because like being Vietnamese is really cool. Like that's like a super cool country that like literally got fucked by everyone. And like you go to that country and everyone's still like, it's lit, it's cool, come to Vietnam, we love you, America. Um, so he doesn't get that. Um, so he's like really into like his like one like twenty fourth French side. Like he loves talking about being French. And this kid is one hundred percent Vietnamese. And he's always like really jealous if I'm like hanging out with my dad or something like that. And he's always like trying to get in. And then he's like, "Oh, this is boring. Are you gonna cry again?" No. You're going to fucking chew with your mouth open again, you piece of shit? That's what he did. He just... Fuck him. So, so he was, like, doing, like, a lot of, like, disrespectful shit. And then he starts talking about France. And he's like, my f- people, you know, the French raped and pillaged with a smile on his face. <laughs> I'm over here like, what? I'm also like half Afro-Puerto Rican and half white, and he didn't know that I was black because I'm a white passing, which is like a really cool tip. Like, thanks for letting me know, because that, that, that really got me in the, got me. Uh, <laughs> he, he like had said to me at dinner too, with like my boyfriend there, he's like, I have a joke, but it has the word nigger in it. <laughs> and my boyfriend's like drunk. He's like, fuck this kid. <laughs> no empathy, no sympathy. This kid deserves no empathy. Fuck this kid. Fuck Brennan Tran. So, <laughs> so I'm like, how about you don't say it then, Brendan? And he's like, oh, oh I, also, I always call him Brennan Tran, too, just because it pisses him off and it makes me happy. <laughs> and it's like, it's just like, it's like a war. And I'm like, so Brennan Tran, what's going on with you? How are the ladies treating you? And he has like these like little girlfriends or whatever. And his mom's racist, too. Like, she's like, oh, Brendan likes sushi now. I was like, sushi? She's like, yeah, the Japanese girls. And I was like... There was another one he liked. Her name was Lumpia. (laughs) I was like, why are we with these racist people? Why? Dad, how are you allowing this? My dad's just drunk the whole time. He's like, boys will be boys. Racists will be racist. And I'm just like, no. Um, So we're sitting there and then... He's talking, we're talking about his girlfriend and like this thing. And then he's like, no, I don't have a girlfriend, mommy. And like his voice, it like, gets into this really weird place that like sounds like Chucky. And, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, you remember the girl? And then he goes, oh yeah, that bitch. <laughs> Dang, wait, I'll see all that. I'm looking at my dad because my dad would have slapped the fucking shit out of me if I said anything like this kid is saying. Like, this kid's talking back to adults. Like, he's, like, looking at me. He's like, are you done yet? I'm like, no, bitch, are you done yet? Fuck you, Brennan Tran. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, did he just 
say that, bitch? And I'm looking at Marcus, and Marcus is like, fuck this kid, I don't know, I'm drunk, like, fuck him, I don't care. And, <laughs> and then I'm finally just have a sit down with my dad, with my boyfriend there, because my dad doesn't respect me as a person, because I'm a woman. And um, anything that I have to say is just dumb. But Marcus is like a graduate from Caltech, so it's like if I have him next to me, it sort of gives me some sort of credibility. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, dad, think your new favorite son's a racist piece of shit. So literally use those words. And he's like, whoa, 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 we're losing that kind of language on a little kid. I was like, that kid is using that kind of language on a fucking adult. I'm 27, bruh. I was like, do you not hear that? Are you putting another child's feelings before mine? I'm your only kid and I'm your favorite. What the fuck? Like, I never had to compete with nobody, guys. Ever. My daddy loves me. Apparently not enough because I've exposed him. Once he realized that I realized, like, him being, like, a white man in power and kind of like controlling my money is a problem and like making me feel bad if I don't shave my armpits because I'm not woman enough or whatever is like a thing. Then I immediately got bumped down and Brendan Tran rose to the top. Fuck Brendan Tran. That's it. Keep it going for Danny Adelise. Fuck Brendan Tran. Might I just say, fuck Brendan Tran, folks. Um, kind of ready to, kind of ready to get a fuck Brendan Tran shirt as official, personally speaking, merch. Um, let's split the rights on that. Uh, you would actually get ninety percent. I would take a measly ten. Fuck Brendan. Honestly, next time, next time you're having an existential crisis. I want you to still yourself for a moment. Look yourself in the eyes, using a mirror, obviously, and say, fuck Brendan Tran. Okay? Fuck Brendan Tran. You know what? Fuck Brendan Tran. You know what? Fuck Brendan Tran. Do it for yourself. That's what self-care is all about, handsomes. Um, let's make those t-shirts. Fuck Brendan Tran. Hashtag it. I like it. Not your Brendan Tran. Well, you don't get a trophy for sweating, okay? We're all sweating up here, especially me. My jokes aren't as good, so I'm a little scared. But um, no, honestly, um, I just checked my notes and I did run through all my jokes, so we're going to just start flying for a little bit. No, uh, we, are, we, uh, we are reaching the end of your free preview, personally speaking. Uh, first of all, if you guys want to hear more of Daniela Lee's stories, which are incredible, like we're talking like psychic dreams and shit with her family, it's outstanding. Um, you can listen to Personally Speaking as a podcast. It's the uh, first thing you get when you move to L.A. Like, here's your podcast, here's your driver's license, and here's a little bit of Molly. Um, here's a Carly Rae Jepsen ticket. Go use these wisely. If you put them together in the right combination, then you truly become a transcendent Angelino. So, like I said, podcast, California driver's license, little bit of Molly, and a ticket to see Carly Rae Jepsen. We all understand. Nod your heads, yes. I see some nods, yes. You in the cool-ass red jumpsuit? Girl, yes. 
We got Big Bud Press in the house. You kidding me? Hell yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Um, you guys have been a beautiful crowd. We are shortly going to uh, transition over into the sci-fi and hip-hop part of the show. Um, that's most of what's going on in my head anyway, so it feels like an appropriate fit. If you guys like this show, or if you didn't like this show, tell people about it. Say, God, I went to, literally, it was just such a friggin' nightmare. It wasn't even that good. But I went to the show called Personally Speaking. And honestly, like, this girl, she got up, talked all about herself, and how much she comes or doesn't come, and almost came to a massage therapist, I guess. It was fine, whatever. You know, do you guys want to start this over and just repeat after me and then write an iTunes review? Sounds good? Good. Excellent. Guys, if you like this show, come back. We'll be at the open space in West Hollywood on Fairfax, where there's also no parking. Bring your molly. See you next month. Give it up for Eric Zulager. Give it up for Danny Adelise. Give it up for Alexis Miranda. Give it up for Hannah Michaels. That's our show, folks. You've been listening to a storytelling stand-up show, Personally Speaking, recorded before a live audience out in Hollywood and in Los Angeles and in various homes throughout the Southland. I'm your host, Christiana Morgan-Roth. With me, as always, friends of mine that can hopefully become friends of yours. Just about all of them can be searched and found on Twitter. If you have any questions, you want to keep up to date with the show's happenings, or you want to know why this episode has been delayed, head over to our Twitter page at It's Personal Now. At It's Personal Now. There's no apostrophe in that because there's no apostrophes allowed in Twitter handles. So thanks so much for your support, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing where this episode gets listened to, whether you're in Saudi Arabia or Austria or in my hometown of Los Angeles. Can't wait to hear from you guys all. This month's episode had no theme. It was specifically a dealer's choice episode, but typically when we record personally speaking, there is a monthly theme. We have five to six speakers and all of them pontificate and recall hilarious memories, true things that happened to them based on a monthly theme. You can look at our past episodes over on iTunes, probably in your podcast episode Um, podcast episode app on your phone and if you'd like to hear more and see more that's the best place to find us until next month handsomes